Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, welcome to this edition of the Once Bitten podcast. And welcoming to the show is another pleb who has taken the decision to step up and start giving back to the community that he is only new to himself. This is a common story that we are starting to hear more and more as this all unfolds in front of our eyes. Caleb reached out to me and said, man, I'm starting a project. I'd love to come on and share my story with the plebs and see if we can help inspire somebody else. So I hope you enjoy this rip with Caleb. Before we do get into the show, I would like to give the deserved mentions for the companies that show trust in, uh, in the podcast and have helped me along the way. In the UK, if you're looking to stack some sats, get over to coinfloor.co.uk forward slash bitten. Across Europe, if you want to fiat cost average out of your Swiss or Euros, use relay, R-E-L-A-I dot C-H forward slash bitten. Big hello to everybody in the US of A. We really hope to see you guys in Miami. Fingers crossed. If you're not stacking yet, you should be. And if you are, you should be using Swan. SwanBitcoin.com forward slash Bitten have you covered. And then once you have stacked some sats on any one of these platforms, Caleb, make Caleb, sure you take control of your keys. Like is, <laughs> not your keys, not your coins, not your keys, not your cheese, whatever you want to say. Get to shiftcrypto.ch forward slash Bitten and get yourself the Bitbox O2 Bitcoin only edition wallet. And lastly, Pleasure. make sure you right, go check out my go book, okay, Choose Life. So, we talk about it a little um, bit in this episode. Enjoy this one with Caleb. Okay, so just as in the first time you asked me, this is still a tough question, um, but I have thought about it more. And really the concise, the most concise answer, answer that I can give you is that it's changed the way that I think about pretty much everything. Um, not only has it taken over most things that I think about, as I'm sure it has done for your dad, as he probably never wants to stop talking about Bitcoin. But he never just, does. Right? <laughs> so it's changed the way that I value my time. It's changed mm -hmm. the way that uh, if I'm shopping for something in a store, if whether or not I truly need something, um, what, uh, where I want to store my value long term, there are so many different ways that valuing this newly created asset has completely changed that I, the way that I conduct myself uh, out in the world and the way that I see myself taking care of my family in the future. So. It's a pretty deep answer. <laughs> so what Bitcoin does to you. Yeah, and it makes your, your, your dad a chatterbox even more. <laughs> right, yeah, because exactly. I need to find people to talk about this stuff with. Yeah. Right, right. Somebody to vent to. Have you guys ever thought about starting a podcast, the two of you, like geared towards kids and teaching kids about it? Um, 
Well, I thought of like making my own podcast, mm-hmm. yeah. but that didn't really turn out. Mm-hmm. Like, like it was like a summer ago. Mm-hmm. What about Bitcoin? About Galileo. About Galileo. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 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 Interesting. You like Galileo, apparently, huh? Uh, yeah. That's that's my school. That's the uh, yeah. yeah the the self directed education. Oh um, yeah. I that's that's that. yeah right. Yeah. Oh yeah. I bet you there's a ton of interest on in that. Mm. So well, you can think about it. But I think like some kids already started on that. So yeah, there, there's always going to be. There's never going to be one podcast, but one specific specific thing. Yeah. There's already because like tons Bitcoin, of, like yeah. Bitcoin was like, but there's not enough. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and what's coming is there's there's going to be a Bitcoin Doctors podcast that is hosted by doctors purely for the medical community and private mm-hmm. practices. And there's gonna I had some dentists on the other day. You, yeah, 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 yeah. So they're going to do the Bitcoin Dentist podcast to focus cool. on the dentistry industry and to help small practitioners take their own businesses onto a Bitcoin standard. So you, you have all of these completely different niches of many different, I mean, people have podcasts for like the most weirdest things, but that still won't be the only one. Yeah, right. I mean, you're reaching an audience of how many billion people have access to the internet. You know, you got to imagine there's probably several thousand that would be interested in in your niche mm. but like i would need help like setting up an episode. yeah i know it could take you a year to get expert. everything <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm more than willing to help yeah. and your um facilitators on uh, on galileo they can help you too so yeah. you you've stacy, got the support stacy is more likely to help yeah she would definitely she help you one. and she has her own podcast yeah cool all right. Well, you got to go uh, get think dressed about that. And go get, and get dressed. Get, and get dressed, yes. <laughs> and finish the washing up. Uh, yeah. Right. Okay. Cool. All well, right. Thank well, you, Laura. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Bye. See you later. See you. Yeah. You have a great podcast again. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, now, if I, yeah. if I, I had written down from our original. Uh, conversation yeah uh, shattered expectations yes yes that was uh that was my theme you know that was the fir- one of the first things that i uh, that i had said it was like uh with your uh with lauren's question is it just you're right it just shattered the way that i think about everything i mean that's really the best way to describe it so yeah i mean i think shattered expectations is definitely the theme of my my bitcoin journey and i hope that really with the organization that i'm starting is shattering expectations for a whole new subsect of people yeah absolutely and we'll get to that holdbitcoin.com uh, excuse yeah. me .org well, hold bitcoin. Yeah. i want hold i bit- want .com man but it's like well it went up i think it's like 10 grand now unfortunately it was like 2 grand when i originally looked at it so oh man oh well yeah don't worry, yeah. the plebs, the plebs will come and find it and share it around right. and bang around Twitter. But let's yeah. uh, let's back up and figure out, you know, who who you are and where you've come yeah. from and and how you started learning about Bitcoin. Because the plebs love these stories when when people like yourself just reach out on Twitter. It's like, hey guys, or hey Dan, you know, I'd love to come on the on the show and and uh, reach right. out and 
share my story. What you know, what what compelled you to do that in the first place? Yeah. Yeah. So this story will get probably a little bit long, but I'll just start kind of my rabbit hole story here. So I um I got into Bitcoin when I was listening to uh, it was a libertarian podcast and Guy Swan had come on to talk about Bitcoin and piqued my interest. So I started listening to some of Guy's stuff. And as I did more and more, I could hear the passion in his in his voice. And I didn't necessarily know, I don't know, probably like 60% of what he was saying. Uh, you know, he was talking about lightning and mempools and and you know, all kinds of stuff. The dude is like a genius, I swear, but he's like so passionate when he talks. And that is what I was drawn to. Um, and I myself being a very passionate person, you know, when I, when there's something that I have interest in, when there's something that aligns with my beliefs, I just, I'm extreme. I'm just naturally very passionate about it. And I could tell that guy is the very, is the very same way. So that's what piqued my interest. And I just kept, you know, adding podcasts just a little one at a time, just I would go on to my podcast um, app on my phone, I would search Bitcoin, and I would keep adding podcasts, adding podcasts. And so I got to the point where I understood Bitcoin really, really well. And I was confident, you know, this is a great long term bet for my future. As far as money goes, like I saw myself, I could get rich with this, like, first of all, there's only 21 million of these things. And if we look at history, I mean, anything that's scarce naturally has value to human beings. I mean, there's like, this is just so obvious to me. Um, and so that, that was my initial driver. And it wasn't until May of last year when my first child was born, I remember holding him in my hands and you know, looking down at him and feeling, man, this like, and he's like screaming because he's, <laughs> he's scared. He doesn't know what is going on. Just blown away by this little six pound stranger that I'm holding in my hand. But the love, the pure love that I'm feeling, uh, I just brought me to tears. Like I cried for like an hour straight. I was so overcome and what was happening. And I didn't realize at the time was my expectations for life had just been shattered. Um, my, uh, my perspective on what was truly important to me had completely changed in an instant as this new life was in my arm, breathing, crying in my arms. It made me realize that all I wanted to do was spend my time with him and spend my time with my wife, to be with my family as much as I possibly can. And so that's what, you know, that change in perspective got, lent me a whole new concept of what Bitcoin is. I began to realize, you know, my time is actually an appreciating asset. I, as I go through life, it only gets more and more valuable. I, you know, I'm only going to get 18 years living with my son and then he's going to go out and, into the, and do his own thing, right? This is such a short amount of time. I'm going to be on this earth maybe let's hope a hundred years, but I only get to be with, you know, a family unit for 18 or less years, depending, you know, with all the kids together in the house. So if my time appreciates, it gets more valuable as I spend it. 
but my money doesn't, the thing that is supposed to represent the thing that is a uh, quantification of human value, because money is, is time. You know, people say that time is money, but really money is time without uh, a human being taking their time and converting it into value for someone else. You don't have, you don't have money. And so when, you know, you go to work and you work your tail off for 40 hours a week, 60 hours a week, however much that is, and you put that money in your savings account, it loses buying power unless you do something with it. And to a lot of people, that's extremely frustrating. I know myself, I would rather not have to invest. I would rather not have to worry about putting my, my money in retirement. Ultimately, what it made me realize is that what the future, uh, what a future based in Bitcoin could mean for individuals and living the lives that they truly want to be able to take the value and that they create and actually keep it to not have to just watch it melt away or hope that they could invest it in a home or buy a stock, put it in a retirement account and hope that, you know, after a certain amount of time, it's going to come back to them in retirement. And that is, that's the message that I am trying to sort of spread that's the conviction that I'm trying to spread to people with this organization. So when I, when I reached out to you, it's because I feel compelled to spread, to tell as many people that message as I can. Um, you know, I want this podcast shared to as many people, whether it be a carpenter or a farmer or somebody who is just skeptical about Bitcoin. It's about opening up your mind and considering it for something other than what you probably believe it is. So again, I, I warned you a long answer, but <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it's brilliant. And I love it. It's uh, it, how it kind of changes, it, you know, the, the analogy, I suppose, of having that new life in your hand is, is very, is very pertinent. A lot of people think, mm, you know, that's a bit, it, you know, those new to the space that they, 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 it takes a little while for that realization, sometimes years, you know, I held Bitcoin for years before all of this kind of these epiphanies started dropping but it's right. certainly a lot quicker now for for new guys coming in because of course there's so much content so much uh so much out there for you it's to amazing. be able to get your fingers yeah. on yep for sure and i i love your story like tell tell the listeners what uh what it is your day job and and how you were just like uh i don't know mainlining all of this uh content through your ears yeah for sure so I am in construction and remodeling. So, you know, for those of you in the United States, you think Chip and Joanna Gaines, think HGTV, you know, think um, going into a house and tearing out all of the wood and put in white, you know, there's just, you know, it's, it's basically breathing new life in, into homes. And so I do carpentry work. So all kinds of, I do anything from demolition to framing We'll do a little bit of drywall work, but now it's getting a little bit more uh, subcontracted. And so framing and like, you know, not really, not really plumbing or electrical, but we'll do trim work and then some project management. And what I was doing was I was listening to podcasts like Once Bitten or Stefan Lavera uh, or like Preston Pish's podcast, um, the Wednesday podcast, uh, what what is it? We study billionaires or the investors podcast, which is super good. And I'm just 
as I'm doing some of these more monotonous tasks that don't require my full sort of attention or I'm not doing a bunch of math or something, I'm just taking in, in one ear, I got a Bluetooth headphone, which totally changed the way that I work. Like I almost have one of those headphones in all the time, um, just constantly just sucking in all of this information. And that was, that was, that's been how I've been learning all of this. I mean, it's, even if you're not able to fully pay attention, you can still, you can still take in things that's like pique your interest. And then at the end of the day, you can say, all right, I remember hearing this thing. I need to look more into this. And then at the end of the day, you know, I would study it. So um, yeah, podcasting audio and audiobooks too. Like I, I listened, I recently listened to um, the Bitcoin billionaires, which is about the Winklevoss twins, which is a sort of Bitcoin history book. And that one was really entertaining, really well written. There's just a ton of ways to consume this information and learn as you kind of go through things day to day. I wonder how many other people are doing that around the world right now. You, you know, right. you're not the only guy on a building site or driving an Uber or, um, right. you know, sitting in, a, sitting in a digger. You know, th these people that can have an earphone in at the same time as doing their work and trapped in doing that for 10 hours a day. Oh, man. Right. <laughs> I know. I know. And so that and that's the beauty of the internet, right? And you and I talked extensively about education last time. People feel when they're passionate about something, they feel compelled to tell people about it and they don't, they don't charge anything for it. You know, it's about uh, communicating what they enjoy talking about. And that's what we're, that's what we're doing here on this podcast. That's why everybody does that is because they have a strong desire and purpose to tell people about this really important thing. And so there and it's not just with bitcoin it's with everything i mean there are people in my industry who have podcasts and youtube channels about about building and about remodeling about project man i mean there's just it's it's endless it's 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 such we are so blessed to be living in the time that that we're living in it's it's something that we that i'm super grateful for every day you know Right. And you are going through, I remember that this was a fun topic we talked about last time, going through a, a, a huge change in your, your own life at the moment. Yeah. yeah. So my wife and I are putting our house on the market and we're actually going to be moving down to Florida. So we, we live in Iowa right now, uh, which is in the middle of the United States and we're going to be going south. So uh, we've been talking about it for a while and have decided to just pull the trigger and do it. The, uh, the housing market is absolutely insane right now. So it, uh, it, it kind of makes sense from a, from kind of a, um, like a mon monetary standpoint, but we are, we're actually going to be downsizing quite a bit. What the objective is for me is to build a much more flexible lifestyle so that I can spend more time with my wife and child. Um, right now, I don't really have a choice, but to be on a job site for eight hours a day, at least. Um, and I've decided that's not really what I want to do anymore. And that's not what I have to do anymore. Um, I'm going to take advantage of, of something that I am passionate about. I really want, I'm really working towards doing something in the Bitcoin world full-time. I know that I have the, the talent and skills to do it. So I'm like, we'll figure it out, you know, and, uh, your book actually was one of the things that really sort of pushed me over the edge to make that decision. And it, 
it's still, it's still like a hard decision. I'm still constantly like, uh, am I sure I want to do this? Um, but I know in the end, this is going to be such an important change for my family. And I think the way that we view our lives, it, again, it's going to shatter our expectation for the way that we conduct our lives and the way that we spend our time. I remember you saying you, you just recently got back from a, a short vacation with your wife and child and the two books yeah. you've taken with you were the four hour work week and, and my book and choose, choose life. life. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. So, so choose life for, you know, anybody who has not heard of Daniel's book um, is a, is almost like, I would say like a supplemental reading to the four hour work week. It's like a testimonial to somebody who decided to do, what Tim Ferriss kind of describes in his book. It's, it's about taking advantage of this new world economy where you can provide value to people anywhere in the world, no matter where you are. You don't have to be physically present. Um, not only that, but your time needs to be valued in the way that it, it actually is. It is an appreciating asset. It is something that you should consider to be so precious because even sitting and watching TV, which obviously is not a bad thing always, but it ends up, you know, you look back, what did you gain from it? What, what the, every segment of your day, is it something that is helping you to either work towards a specific goal, just simply make, making you a better person, or are you taking advantage of something that won't always be around? whether that be your child living with you for the next 18 years, or whether that be just dinner with your spouse. There are, there's just a ton of different um, times throughout the day where you could step back and say, is this really something I should be doing that, uh, that aligns with what's important to me? Um, so while we're in, while, while we in, were in Hawaii, I had that clarity while reading your book, while reading the four hour work week to realize this is, this is what I want. I mean, I, I, I got to spend the first half of my day with my son. We went to the beach, we hung out on the playground. I mean, we just, we just had a great time just hanging out and listening to the podcast, but um, hanging out on the beach, just enjoying each other's company. And it's like, man, this, this is what I'm here for. This is, this is why I'm, I just, love spending time with these people. Um, and it's about time I build my, I build my life around that. So. And you are taking action, man. This is, yeah. this is unbelievable. I love it. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, what, what you've built and, you know, reaching out and, and doing this and moving your family and downsizing and how, how, I mean, when I did it, we, we didn't have at that point, I'd not discovered Bitcoin. I discovered it um, soon after, but, you know, I was very thankful to Tim Ferriss for the four hour work week because, you know, reading that book just blew my mind. It's, I was a, it's such a good book. It's so unbelievable. Good. <laughs> yeah. I, I was a, I was a desk jockey for 18 years until I read that book. I picked that right. book up and I'm like, holy shit, there's another way. Oh right? my God. I know. You and I can't believe shattered expectations, you know? Yeah, I, absolutely. That shattered the expectations for the rest of, my wife and I, and, uh, and my life and our kids, you right. know, one book, right. It's just amazing. Right. And he, I, you know, it sucks that Tim's not completely seen 
the full value of Bitcoin yet, because I think if he were to really come down the rabbit hole, it would just align with so many of his thoughts and so many of his morals and ethics. And he would be able to share that with, you know, his huge audience. Right. So, you know, Tim, he's if you ever listen, close, you know, he's <laughs> talked about, he's had a few yep. episodes of his podcast where he's talked about it. So yeah, he's he, getting there. <laughs> he's getting there. Just don't have Vitalik back on, uh, you know, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So, oh man, we, what else? I was going to say, I can't remember now what it was, but we were talking, um, last time about, Gosh, now I can't. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. It was about. It had something to do with for our work week, and now I, I completely it slipped my mind. It was um. For, for, I think we were both touching on like this um, deferred lifestyle that he he talks about, which you kind of paint yourself into a corner yes. of, right? You know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what took us down the educational remember, yeah, rabbit yeah. hole, Be- yeah. we, because you didn't know what to study, right? As a kid, you didn't right. know growing up that you were going to go into construction. And that's certainly not something you get taught at, at, at you know, grade K through 12, one right. through 12. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, and I remember now what I was going to talk about. So we, we discussed how, when you make this jump, when your expectations are shattered from the norm, in fact, right before, right before this interview, I wrote down one of my favorite, Mark Twain is like, He's got such awesome quotes. I, I'm, re- I'm listening to a book right now where I, I heard a quote from Mark Twain that is quitting smoking is the easiest thing I've ever done. I've done it a hundred times. I love that <laughs> quote. Um, and then I, but the quote I wrote down that's pertinent to what I was about to say is whenever you find yourself on the side of the majority, it's time to pause and reflect. And that's really what we're doing here. Um, what Mark is saying is that the, whenever like the majority of humans, they don't innovate, they don't take chances, they don't, they aren't adventurous. You know, I think it's sort of a natural inclination of our species to get into a routine to, to survive, not necessarily thrive. And so, man, when you go to people and you tell them, you know, I'm making this change in my life, um, most of them who probably haven't done something like this, they are skeptical of it. They, they don't, you know, they, they wouldn't make this choice themselves. And they, they end up being almost, I don't know if worried is maybe the right answer. It's worried or maybe subconsciously they, you know, because they wouldn't make that decision. They sort of feel like you're not making the right decision. And, um, but then I read books like yours from somebody who's actually done it. And you're so passionate and you're like, this has been an incredible change for me and my family. It has been scary. Yes. But once I did it, I would, I wouldn't change it for anything. It's the best decision that I've ever made. And so what I remember saying last time is that the people that have a negative outlook really don't know anything about it because they themselves have never done it. They themselves can't imagine themselves doing it, but the, the good advice comes from people who have or have done something similar, who have taken a risk, who are open to, you know, being adventurous and trying something new. So, and that's sort of the way that I think you got to view a lot of things in life is that, yeah, you may respect somebody's opinion and want advice for them, but unless they've experienced it themselves or really understand it themselves, you got to take their that advice with a grain of salt, you know? So like we just told back this past Sunday, 
was Easter. Um, and we're terrible. Like I struggled because like I said, this has been tough for me, but I struggled telling my family because I've lived within two hours of my family my entire life. And telling my family was so difficult. We had a big Easter Easter get together and I hadn't told my grandparents and that was, that was my fault. Like I was avoiding a tough conversation and I should have manned up and I should have done it. But regardless, when we spoke, when we started telling people, they, their reaction was not one that was easy for us to react to ourselves. Like we couldn't, we couldn't have a conversation about it because it was more like, well, well, why are you doing that? Or like, you know, like, just, I don't like, obviously I know that they're going to miss us. And I totally understand that reaction, but, but in the end, it, again, I think people just sort of made it about themselves and their own perspective. And I understand they're worried and they're going to miss us, but we're fine. We've been fine. And it's the fear casting, like we talk about in the book, war, absolute worst case scenario, our life totally implodes. And we have to walk back to Iowa because we sold everything we have. And I live back on the farm with my dad. I mean, we're still going to be fine. <laughs> you know, um, it's, it's just like, we're taking advantage of opportunities that are really at our fingertips you know, um, this is not really that difficult for us to do. It's just, it's just been here all along and we're, we're going to do it. So it's, um, it's been, it's been tough, but then, well, I'm sure I know it's going to be well worth it in the end. So I remember those days, man. I yeah. remember those days. I think I talk about it in the book. It's really, it's, um, <clears throat> yeah. So, so at that point that you're telling your grandparents, what, what they don't appreciate is to to them this is just like bam you're dropping this on my lap like this what know, the hell right. are you got this is a knee-jerk reaction and it's like what the hell are you talking about this doesn't make any sense that, that there's no kind of when that person receives the news there's there's no kind of thought that huh these are two very young intelligent people that I must have thought about this, I'm guessing, for more than 24 hours. <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, we've been talking about this a long time, and it's, we've just been learning, experiencing new things, and realized that we want more of it. So that's what we've decided to do. What I found very tough, actually, uh, and still do, is that you know, nine, nine out of ten people will react that way. And it, yeah. it comes from this, like you were saying, um, this point of, it does come from a point of care because they're very, very worried because they've yes. never done anything like that themselves. They just right. think this is crazy as shit. What the hell are you guys even thinking? You, you, this right. is nuts. <laughs> you, know, can't, right? <laughs> you can't just throw away everything you've worked for. You know, you build a, nice, a beautiful house. You've got your young son, you know, life's just about to take off. You want to throw all this away. And you know, you're like, this is just, it's just so irresponsible. Right. And um, unfortunately, uh, you'll find that people that make that decision like um, in that manner will always judge you on your initial decision rather than your results. 
right. because they get baked into that original reaction and then it's like a human psychological effect so i still come up against people that like you know still push back on our original decision uh, even though really? it was seven years even ago though, oh yeah guys, even though like you've lived what you've lived you've had the experience wow that's insane yep. kids are bilingual you know yeah. everybody's healthy healthier than we've ever been everybody's right. happy you know if yeah. we look back my, my wife still gets pictures um you know you get memory pictures um pushed to you um on um, she's on facebook so mm -hmm. today she just showed me a memory of five years ago because yesterday was her birthday so five years ago was her 40th she turned 40 okay. uh, in spain when we were traveling yeah. and we lived it up that day we went out for a beautiful lunch we we rented a sailboat from the harbor in marbella and people are going to be thinking oh my god this is just like crazy stuff but right. it, it's cheap to do this right. on <laughs> on a wednesday morning when right. the world is at work or at school and you have the world at your oyster, you know, you can just walk right. down and say, can we rent the boat? Yeah, sure, guys, no problem. Like, come yeah. back tomorrow and uh, we'll do you a good deal. And wow. the, awesome. the world just opens up to you when you observe the masses and do the opposite. And yeah, Twain has some great quotes and I'll read my, my favorite one yes. uh, from him. And it's in the book as well. Uh, yeah. Travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry and narrow-mindedness. And many of our people need it sorely on these accounts. Broad, wholesome, charitable views of men and things cannot be acquired by vegetating in one little corner of the earth all of one's lifetime. Wow. I mean, get out there, people. I know we can't right, right now. You know, right. there, there could be a whole conspiratorial theory going on there. We won't go down <laughs> that rabbit hole. But, you right. know, yeah. <laughs> that, that's one thing that, that we truly found well once we started moving around and changing our life and opening ourselves up to people like the, the restored faith in humanity was complete it was right. unbelievable yeah and that that was something we talked about in detail too is that you know despite what is projected by um, the news the majority of mankind the majority of people on this earth are good natured i'm not saying that there aren't people that do bad things but if you run on the assumption that the majority of people on this earth are good people they won't steal from you they'll help you out if you need help you can live a much much better life than the one that is being projected by by so many in mainstream news in in media today i mean it's it is a it's such a different world than for some reason, it seems they want us to believe it's such a happier place. It's such a better place than they're projecting it to be. And there's no reason for us to be afraid of that, you know? No, man, it's toxic. It truly is. And yeah. I, I'm so happy for you guys to have come to this decision and to be on the, the verge of this change and yeah, bright, new, right. bright new world. But to also right. have that backstop, the, the safety net of, of Bitcoin. It's right. just yeah. so yeah. exciting for, for young people like yourselves that can now look at that and say, well, that's a hell of a lot of worry actually off my mind. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, you know, it's not, we're not trying to say, I, I'm speaking, I guess I'm kind of speaking for you too, but we're not trying to say that Bitcoin isn't a volatile thing. Um, but as far as what, what is going to happen as far as valuing uh, this asset and what it means for the future of the world 
things are definitely looking positive. You know, they're in the short term. Yeah, we might see dips up to 50% as we've seen before. We don't know. I'm, and again, I'm not an economist. But really, the idea here is that you and I believe that Bitcoin is the best way of representing our value. And now if we can just get, I don't know, I, I really don't know what the stat would be, but 50% of the world to believe that, that's that tipping point, maybe even 30%. We hit that tipping point where it's like, man, all these people value this thing as a fair representation of their value. Maybe we should just do that too. That's what we're talking about. It's, it's, it's not about getting rich, which is, don't get me wrong, I want to be rich. I think a lot of people want to be rich. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be rich and wanting to have the freedom that a lot of money has. But it's actually about providing a fair and just future for that is incorruptible for the world. I mean, it's a future unlike anything we've, we've ever seen. Yeah. And I also remember we went down the, the Grand rabbit hole. Yes. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. Um, that's, that's a yeah. That's a great one to get into. We so we talked about how leading up to Guy Swan's podcast, I had I was actually remodeling. We flipped a house in my hometown, and we were we lived in it for a while. But I was doing the drywall work there, and I remember this is like a forty-hour book, Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged. If you haven't read it, I would recommend. I don't know if I could read it because it's like 2000 pages or something, but it's a 40 hour book. So if you can stay disciplined to read it or listen to it, that that'd be the way I recommend going. But I'm listening, I'm covered in drywall mud, you know, it's a dirty job. It's like, it's not a fun job to do, but all of a sudden this speech uh, from a character in the book by the name of Francisco D'Antonia, he talks about, the value of money. And it goes along with everything that we've been saying thus far in this episode, which is we can, we can choose to value like a USB thumb drive if that's, if that's what we choose to exchange and represent our value. Now, if you think about it, you step back and you think about it, why is you, uh, a USB drive not a good universal gift card, not a good store of value? Well, it's because all somebody's got to do is start a factory uh, and make a million of them. And all of a sudden this person is endowed a, a billionaire or a millionaire. So what's to stop somebody, you know, from creating a bunch of USB drives and, and saying that, Oh, suddenly I'm rich. There are monetary, there essentially, there are monetary principles that determine what is good money. But any, the speech in, in this particular book is what's sort of opened my mind up to this whole idea. It's like, okay, so the US dollar, it really only has value because we allow it to have value. And which then led me down to another rabbit hole of really the US government, our, our leaders only have power because we give them power. It made, in fact, that was, so I was, I got pretty into politics when just following politics, I should say on the 2016 election, because it was so weird, man. Like what happened? I'm sure you followed it because it was such a weird event. The two candidates were I don't, like at each other's throats and they seemed to miss the mark on so many things. And I, man, it was just, it was so historical. So anyway, we, you know, I watched a lot of that and I found myself always getting fired up about it. And everybody around me was getting fired up on both sides. And then I realized attention and power are only given 
by us, just like with money, just like with leadership. It, it, if we choose not to value those things, if we choose not to give those things power, they don't have power over us. And so when some politician comes out and says something absolutely ridiculous, if you choose not to get fired up about it, they're just blowing smoke. It, it, and the less people that believe that that thing actually matters, what they said actually matters, the less people that believe that, the less that we have to worry about any of this. It's that, yeah. And so that it was one speech that really kind of changed my, this whole concept of where does power, where does value come from? Yeah. And Guy has read that as well on his, his Bitcoin wonderful podcast. And I loved it. Yes. I remember that exact passage in the book and I was yeah. so glad that he pulled it out and read it because I remember reading it. I was on a train reading it and yeah. like, holy shit. Right. You like put down the book and look out the window and like, <laughs> what did I just read? You know, <laughs> it's really, it, it is so an amazing good. piece of work. Uh, but right. yeah, it, it's heavy. You know, it's a, it's a long read. That is. is for sure. It is. And it, it takes like, there's a, there's a point in the book where one of the main characters, he gets, on this national radio broadcast and in the audiobook, I swear that speech was like, what, probably an hour. I mean, it was, it had to been, you know, a couple hundred pages at least. So I don't, yeah, I don't know how Ayn Rand is able to articulate her thoughts in the way that she is. And a lot of it really was over my head because when you're listening to an audiobook, you don't have a, the chance to, to go back and rescan it and, and um, sort of re re soak it in. But yeah, the, she, she is a, a fantastic writer and she's actually got an, an organization called the Ayn Rand Institute. And she, the, the only reason I know about it is because they also have a podcast where they talk about monetary, monetary and economic principles. And uh, if you are somebody who is interested in Bitcoin, free markets, that sort of thing, you'd probably also be interested in that too, I'm guessing. Interesting. Ha have they discovered Bitcoin yet over there on that, on that you know, part? They I haven't. I, that's a great question. I haven't, I don't listen to it a lot. Um, I think they're more on the philosophy of free economic principles. And um, so I don't think that they've necessarily gotten down the Bitcoin rabbit hole, but I'm, it's inevitable. They will. So. <laughs> yeah, it is right. It is inevitable. Right. It is. It is strange that it takes some people that seem so geared up for it to, to be so slow to it. Right. Um, you know, and to use a basic you know, example, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, people like just people like Dave Ramsey or Suze Orman in, in the US who have these huge, huge followings, right? And they're all about, you know, savings, yeah. And it's like, guys, like, best savings technology over here, right? Like, yeah, nothing like it ever, <laughs> yeah, right. Gonna it's take super a look, obvious, yeah. Anytime soon, are you guys going to take a look at this and, right, you know, do a solid to your 40 million followers, whatever you have between you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't remember what I was going to say now. So uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I guess. Sorry. <laughs> it slipped my mind. <laughs> but you, you, you were talking uh, about politics there in about 2016. Yeah. And what a weird time, man, because what was going on here in Europe as well was the whole Brexit mess. And oh, that yeah. was just as toxic as you like. And it's like, where are we trending here? This is just so weird. Just and guess who wins, right? I mean, in the US, of course, it's red versus blue. Right. And they, like you said, they were shouting and screaming at each other and going at each other's neck. But mm. who wins? Team nation state. 
every right. single time. Right. It's right. basically the same team is what I see it as now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you have, you have uh, what looks like slightly different policies and slightly different ideas, but anymore, it's almost like anytime a new law is created, uh, it violates some natural right. Um, you know, we've got this awesome thing called the Constitution, which I think most people still believe in in what it's supposed to represent. In fact, I just talked to, I just talked to a buddy about this. I mean, we just stood and <clears throat> in my garage for like an hour and we talked about this. It's like the the it's already outlined. You know, we have this amazing thing in our country called the Constitution, which is supposed to be an outline of our natural rights. Natural rights really don't need to be spoken to, but human nature requires us to do so because of the way that our thinking changes throughout generations. So it's important to have a solid, um, uh, what's the word, resolute sort of list of here are the things that we will never Go, um, we will never question whether or not we are owed them. We can say whatever we want. We can, we have the right to defend ourselves. We have the right to be happy. I believe that we have the right to, um, to have property. And the, I believe that we have that our, we have the right to our own time. Our time is our property. The byproduct of our labor is our, is our own property. These are all elements that, are defined in this really important document. And any, any sort of law written outside of that, it's just like, why, why do we need any, <laughs> you know, it, it just, and so we've gotten to a point now where regardless of who wins, regardless of who is writing the, re the legislation, somebody's getting hurt. Like, the, the, I, I know that if you didn't, if you were to get rid of it all right now, there would be a, there'd be a lot of pain. And that is unfortunate, but that is the way that we have allowed our leaders and our, our governing bodies to become. We have, we have taken them from something that was really supposed to provide us an agreed upon set of rules for doing business and working with each other economically and treating each other fairly and honoring our natural rights. We've abandoned that and changed it into something uh, that forces us to serve one another in ways that we don't necessarily want to serve one another. It violates my, my natural light, rights so that you can have something that isn't a natural right of yours. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's also this divisive, everything right now. Yeah, right. And, and, Going back again to what you were saying earlier, you like you, you sit down and watch one newscast. The world looks like it's just like the, the most negative place in the world, and that they, they seem to be pushing these buttons so damn hard to make right. sure we're going to get split down the middle. Right. Whatever narrative seems to be pushed at the moment, you could probably find a fifty-fifty split. I mean, masks. You know, yep. there's right. going to be a, you divide right. people. Yeah, right. Yeah, vaccines politicized easy button for them to press an right. easy button for them to press now these vaccine passports so you're going to start marginalizing those people that want to travel and uh you know it's just like hang on a minute politicizing 
everything. But in there, that they have the like the, the the knowledge that by doing this and having this narrative going all the time in the news, you're dividing communities and you're dividing families. Yeah. And what yeah. what good does that lead to? Right. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> and it's funny that you say that dividing communities, dividing families. I mean, I've got I've got friends who I you know we it's not like it's not like we don't um, we're not aware of bad terms, but because we have different philosophies <clears throat> or seemingly different philosophies, I think in the end, we have a lot more in common than we think, but because we have seemingly different philosophies, we have spent less time together. Like we have less in common. People are absorbing this super divisive information as almost like a religion. It used to be that religion and believing in God or believing in whatever it is, whether whatever religion you follow, that was sort of what guided your thoughts. That was what reeled you back in whenever you were thinking something that wasn't aligned with what you wanted. But now people are so reactive to, and to whatever the opinions of someone else are and whatever the information that they're spewing. I mean, when, when you look <clears throat> When you read any news article or watch any news story, if you were to actually go and do the research yourself, there's some piece of missing information that is that this organization has clearly left out and they've left it out for a specific reason. It's to divide us. And I think what's really happening is one side or the other is kind of creating an army of plebs who they'll they'll sit, they'll call their on um, they'll call the cops on their neighbor and say um my neighbor's got a get together of four people and they're within five and a half feet of each other so you should come and get them you know like this what this is turning into is so dangerous and it's this is where this is where i get called out as a uh, conspiracy theorist or you're being ignorant or you know this guys this has happened historically um and when you see it, you have to call it out and you have to stand up against it. All they are doing is getting us to divide against one another and forget our values, to forget our, our common thread philosophies. And it just gives them more power. It just, the, more, the more that we pay attention to this stuff, it just gives them more power and it gives them more, uh, more control over our lives. And we, we have, and that's, what we're trying to do here with with bitcoin you know it's it's about taking that back without without doing without the conventional way without guns with you don't have to hurt anybody um you don't have to protest you don't have to scream you know this is a this is a tool that i'm sure the founding fathers in america would have very much uh, appreciated having because it's something that it's a way of protesting without doing really anything by pushing some keys on your phone or on your on your computer so yes indeed mate and wh when did you find when did you come to uh twitter and find some of the characters on bitcoin yeah um i joined twitter in november of last year so it hasn't been long um but you guys always talk about bitcoin twitter and for those of you who are not on Twitter, um, probably for some of the reasons that I'm talking about, because you're sick of people talking about politics, um, go on Bitcoin Twitter and just follow Daniel Prince. 
and you're going to get all kinds of really good, you know, recommendations underneath that. But like, yeah, Daniel Prince, uh, Newt, uh, Knut von Holm and uh, Stefan Levera, all of your favorite podcasts. I mean, the, that's what everybody talks about on there all day. And yes, there, there's, a, there's a little bit of politics, but it's not the divisive way. It's more of, it's more, it, it's stuff on both sides. It's like, this person said that, or I mean, how does that align with, with Bitcoin, you know, and, and this person said that, how does that align or not align with Bitcoin? It's, it's all relative to Bitcoin. People won't stop talking about it. So um, highly recommend, highly recommend that. And it's a great way to network as I've, as I've done, done with you and how I got them on this podcast. Absolutely. And you're, you're now like, uh, so, so yeah, Bitcoin pleb, uh, yeah. You fell into the rabbit hole when um, you, you, you class of twenty, aren't you? Yeah, uh, I let's see. So, what would you consider class? The first time I bought, or the first time I I learned, or like got passionate? <laughs> oh yeah, good good question. Bought, I suppose. But now uh, twenty nineteen, so late twenty nineteen. Right. Okay, and so then you fall down the rabbit hole. You yes, more and more research. And now you want to give back. And this is exactly what you're trying to do now. So let's talk about holdbitcoin.org and yes. what you're trying to do that. Right. So the whole, the whole concept of holdbitcoin.org is to lead us into the future that I am describing. It's an opportunity. It's, to, it's basically to show people that Bitcoin is our opportunity to leave this system. Because the one tool that these people use the one like i should say physical tool that all of these people who have power over us use is money and the second that we can take it away from them you know you the faster that we see them lose power the faster that i mean obviously you can you can uh take power away from them as we were talking before but by taking the money away from them and taking back something that we can control it's going to lead us into a future where we can send money to whoever we want money. Our value isn't stolen from us through money creation. Um, we can store our value for the long term, and it isn't, um, it isn't taken from, from us through, through inflation, the society that, we are going to have, I mean, you can send money across the world in an instant. Like we're, when we sell our house, for instance, um, part of the loan we have to pay back is a private loan. So we got to write somebody a check. And in order to do that, like I have to go to the bank, I have to deposit my funds. Those funds aren't available for like three days. So, you know, like you send, you can send a billion dollars if you want, on the lightning network in, in an instant. I mean, the future of money is so much less complex. It, and on so many levels, there are just, there are so many things that can branch off from smart contracts. The future that we're talking about is unlike anything that we've ever seen. Imagine it's like horse to car, um, I would say letters to the telegraph, right? Telegraph, Morse code. Um, and then maybe telegraph the telephone. There are, you know, this is a, a huge jump, but probably 10 times of those that I'm just describing. And so what I'm trying to do with Hold Bitcoin is to bring more people into the fold of realizing that 
if you're fed up with the system, if you're tired of people screaming at each other and you just feel lost, like you feel like there's nothing else that you can do because I'm not going to go out and protest. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get on Facebook and write some super long message about, you know, super long post about here's what I believe. Cause what does that do? It, 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 you, it's an echo chamber and it's a, and then it's a bunch of people fighting back. Like it's not, it's not a conversation. Unfortunately, I think we've left that point. What we need to realize is that entrenching ourselves in the current system is just that it's an entrenchment. It's only going to make things deeper and worse in, in the direction that they're currently going. Bitcoin is an opportunity for us to leave that. It's an opportunity for us to come together and say, all right, this is a totally new system. It's free and open. And it is not, and it's not controlled by any, any of these people that are controlling us and manipulating us through fear. And so through fear or anger, whatever the emotion is, they, uh, so what, what my organization is, is focuses on reaching out to those people. Um, I want to sort of convey what Bitcoin is to people just like myself. So carpenters or farmers, people who have, have this, have the, are more aligned or easily aligned, I should say to create an army of people just like you and I that are going to keep conveying this message and hopefully get us to that tipping point. It's really all about, all about that tipping point. So you could say I'm trying to do my part in creating the future that I want to see by bringing more and more people in. So my, so my website is about easy education and I'm also going to be launching an apparel store. We had um, uh, a logo designed that is, I think it's really cool. It's a, a little badger and he's holding on to a Bitcoin. And what I'm trying to do with that logo is create a feeling that when I wear this, I'm conveying to the world that I am ready to step forward into a new future. I am ready to... I am showing the world that I am ready to leave all of this behind and value something completely different and hopefully intrigue a bunch of other people to come to the website and go through the same process and then wear the logo and show people, you know, if you ever, um, it's, I, I would kind of equate it to if you've ever heard of the Gaston flag in the United States, which um, it was a revolutionary war flag it's got a snake on it and it says, don't tread on me. And essentially what it means is that as an individual, if you step on me, no matter where you step on me, I'm going to bite you. And that was the unifying symbol. If you flew that flag before, um, before the American revolution or during the American revolution, that meant, you know what? I'm tired of being pushed around. I'm tired of being taxed without having any say I'm tired of being controlled. I'm stepping up. I'm saying, you know what? I'm going to fight back against this. And that's sort of what I, what I equate this to. It's, it's, we're shattering the, we're shattering the expectations and we're shattering something that unfortunately is leading us astray. Yeah. Excellent work, man. And more and more people coming in and doing this Thank kind you. of thing. It's, it's crazy. Uh, yeah. I, right. I, I think I, 
did an, in, an interview with uh, Croesus, oh, middle of last year, uh, Croesus yeah. BTC. And we talked about uh, crossing the chasm uh, from early adopters, well, innovators, early adopters, and then getting across the mass adoption. But there's, you know, getting from uh, early adopters to mass adoption, that's a big leap. And what we are seeing now right. obviously helps with Sailor and Musk and uh, Fidelity yeah. and all of these big financial corporations coming in that, that bring with them so much weight behind the asset and the right. reputation. But people like you and I, we're doing these pleb podcasts yeah. and you're building a pleb website and yes. we're trying to reach like as many people as possible. Like, you know, come on, you know, so it's, it's great to see that so many people are doing their bit and to yeah. come out of left field uh, and step up and, and put this together, man, you know, hats off, really, uh, really appreciate everything that you, you've been building. Well, thank you. And, and, you know, likewise, it's for what, what you and other podcasters do, you are, you're really the guys who are inspiring us to do this. When you talk about, when you talk about what Bitcoin means for our future and our families, this is what inspires us to spread that message. Um, I, yeah, you just, you have to take, you, you set, you have to start taking action. If you are in my shoes and you've been wanting to do something in Bitcoin full time, but you've been you've been skeptical. It's like you. I know you've said it several times, especially recently. You just you just got to do it. You just have to start creating something, and don't quit. That's really what it's about. You have to you have to know what you want. You have to know why you're doing it, and keep making stuff and keep working, keep networking, and eventually, the you even the way that I look at it is eventually even one person, if you're able to convert, if that's the right word, one person or push somebody down the rabbit hole, it's all worth it. One person's life has been changed. One person's perspective has been changed and maybe they can get one other person. You know, it's, I used this analogy last time. If you envision like a map, uh, an animated map of a nuclear fallout, eventually we're, we're just going to see all of these large radiuses, all of these large circles just growing and growing and growing until everybody is like, okay, I'm on board with this. And it might be as something as simple as, okay, this person values it. I trust that person. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go with it <laughs> because not everybody is going to get down to this level of detail. But right now we have to those people who are probably a little bit more, um, they're a little bit more pre, what's the word, like predisposed, there you go. They're a little bit more predisposed to being uh, interested in Bitcoin or valuing this asset. That's who we're trying to get at right now. But then at a certain point, it's just going to become, okay, enough of these people who I trust value it, you know, and then that's when really the mass adoption takes place. What part of your personality do you think predisposed you to Bitcoin? Yeah, great, great question. This is something that uh, I actually changed my answer and I messaged you about. Um, <laughs> I think the most important, uh, the most important aspect of really any Bitcoiner personality is self -account accountability, taking responsibility for your own life and your own actions has to be 
one of your core beliefs. If you don't believe this, if you believe that somebody else should be taking care of you, if you believe that you are owed anything from anybody, um, you're not in the right place. I, I don't know what to tell you outside, outside, outside of that. Um, so self-accountability and self-responsibility and just realizing that it's your fault, you know, no matter where you are in life, obviously there are extenuating circumstances, but I would say probably most of the things in your life, you had some part in bringing yourself to that point, whether that be good or bad. And the sooner that you can realize that, the sooner that you're going to see yourself in a better position, because then you realize, you know what, um, you know, I got a flat tire on, on the highway today, but I knew my tires were old and I decided to keep driving on them. Um, that's my fault. Next time I'm going to pay closer attention. I'm just going to get, get new tires. Well, I don't have money for tires. Well, maybe I didn't have to get coffee every single day for the past four months. You know, I mean, once you have that, that, that perspective on life, once you realize that you're in control here, then it lends you to a more accepting position of Bitcoin because that's what Bitcoin is about. It's about being in control. It's just a set of rules that we all agree upon that, you know, hey, I'm going to send you this value in, in exchange for X, Y, or Z that you're going to do for me. And, but I'm in control of it. I, I trust myself to keep it safe and secure. I can hold it on my device. I can hold it and I can physically, and that, that's kind of the funny thing about Bitcoin is you actually are physically holding it. If it's on your phone, you're holding the memory card that has the specific data, the keys that no one else in, on the world, in the world has. When you look at your banking phone, when you look at your Wells Fargo app or your banking app, all you're looking at is a snapshot of what the bank supposedly has in your bank account. Not only that, but you're not really in control of that. If, if that's truly your money, I should, be able, I should be able to send that instantly across the world or I should be able to withdraw all of that in cash if I wanted to without, without question. But is that really the case? not so much any, you know, not so much anymore. Um, I mean, like here in the United States, I remember whether or not you agree with it, but at one point in time, I saw this as a headline and it's hard to avoid headlines sometimes, but I saw this as a headline that there was a bank that hold that held some of Donald Trump's money that threatened to essentially freeze the account for the, because he, it was, there was allegations that he, it was the riots in in the Capitol were orchestrated by him. And so there was a bank that was saying, oh, we're going to freeze his money. We're not going to let him have his money. Well, if that's the case, is, is the money his? If you're in control of it, is, is, the money, is the money his? Whether or not you agree with what they're doing, the principle is wrong. That property is not yours. You do not have a say what, what, uh, what you, where it goes and whether or not it should be moved. That's, to me, self-accountability is the number one aspect of, of really the uh, personality who's predisposed to Bitcoin. And they're tough to find now, man, because of the rise of uh, welfare nation states, right? This right. Is, is worrying. You know, you, you see this all around, all around Europe, especially, but now in the US, 
this UBI, the STEMI checks and stuff that, you know, this is, this does not breed self-accountability. This breeds entitlement. And how, how do you look at this? You know, is this a big worry for you? Yeah. Um, a hundred percent. I mean, it, it is a, it is a challenge to explain my philosophy to people and not be attacked for being, uh, what, what's the, like emotionally removed or having a lack of empathy. And what I believe is really quite the opposite. All we have is history to tell us that freedom and individual responsibility are the best way that we have found so far to help people thrive. Because if you look at the history of the United States, our country was founded in like 1779, I think, is when the Revolutionary War was officially over. I think it was a short war. I have to look. But um, in just like two, not even, not even 200 years, it was like 1917, we are a major world power fighting in World War I on a major stage. So, and how did we get to that point? It's because at that point in time from, for those 120 years or whatever it was, we were giving, we were given nothing but our own responsibility and the own um, desire to follow our dreams, to do what we want, to serve one another. And the poverty rate was minimal the people that were suffering were minimal. And why was that? Because the people that can't take care of themselves, the people that really don't have a choice that like actually can't rise themselves out of poverty, they were being helped because the people that were able to succeed, the people that were able to become, that had a lot of money, that had a lot of power, they naturally wanted to give because they lived in a life in abundance. But now it's becoming the opposite where I'm forced, and this is actually in recent history, a, a lower income tax rate than we've been, uh, been forced, but I'm forced to pay 10, 30% of my income has to go to the federal government to be redistributed. Property taxes, I'm taxed on my own property out through the nose, like it's getting really bad. <laughs> and, um, and, this, and the funny thing is, is where we live in Iowa, it, it, relatively, it's nothing. Um, but we're taxed every time a sale is made. I'm taxed to drive my car on the road. You know, not saying that I have a solution to any to to any of this, but ultimately, what is happening is we're leaving freedom. We're leaving individual choice, our money, and we don't have any extra. Like we're 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 being forced now to live on like a almost like a week to week basis, and we're and people are relying. They just like can't escape because they're relying on this, this free money from the government. They're relying on, um, they're relying on, ta- you know, redis- welfare and things being redistributed to them. It's, it's such a difficult system to escape. And so if you are in this position, I would say this is again, where Bitcoin comes in. This is where it gives you the opportunity to leave the system and place your value into something 
that won't be destroyed, that isn't being controlled, redistributed, and debased by somebody who, at, who hasn't been elected, by somebody who doesn't represent your values. So instead of buying that cup of coffee, um, buy some Bitcoin. It takes, like on Swan, it's like 10 bucks minimum, you know, you can buy at, at, as, a, as a smash buy, I'm pretty sure. It's like, it's not, it's really not hard to do. Um, and the sooner that we all realize that, the, the sooner that we're going to get to be able to take our power back. Sure, man. Now, I, I want to ask about Florida. Was yeah. Florida already, or was it already on your radar? Was that a place you had kind of settled on? Or has the, what's transpired there over the last six to nine months with Maya Suarez talking about Bitcoin and trying to attract entrepreneurs and taking the um the state um you know opening the state up did this all play into your decision how's this all kind yeah Yeah. okay yeah for sure so we so my wife and i a couple years ago this all started our our interest in moving south all started we took a vacation down to the southern uh, like the southeast kind of new england area so we were in well i guess new england i think is northeast so i i I don't want to be incorrect there but anyway the you know original part of the united states which i hadn't been in it's a beautiful part of the country there's some really cool history if you're i'm sure you spent some time in the u.s right have you been to the east coast much and yeah down south yeah we we were in uh new york and uh we hit virginia as well cool so um we were down in in the south the southern part of the the united states down in savannah georgia and we loved it while we were down there and we're like, man, this would be this would be pretty cool if we lived down in here, and we really wouldn't have to deal with winter. Uh, it's just something that we've been interested in from that point on. And her uh, her parents actually recently, well, they recently moved from Miami, and we had been there a few times down in Florida as well. And so that was also an option for us. But you know, as we're seeing sort of what's going down politically we notice that we have states who are pushing back against some of these authoritarian measures that the federal government for some reason feels entitled to take um, and they're doing so in a big way and that part of it there there are many aspects that played into our decision but that part of it just makes total sense so not only are are they trending to be almost a citadel as a state, but they are trying to entice people to bring Bitcoin to that state, to to use it in Miami, for instance, like you had mentioned, to become entrepreneurs in that space. This, This is how true growth is made in a free economy. It's not, it's not about subsidizing, it's provide it's get just it's just simply getting out of the way and letting people do and letting people do their thing and that's what we're seeing here seeing here in florida so yeah that's a big part of it um uh, another part is just uh the lifestyle it just seems it seems awesome down there man it seemed uh warm and uh a little bit more relaxed and people i don't know people seem like they want to take care of each other there and i shouldn't i'm really not saying anything bad against Iowa. I, this state is, is awesome. Like the people here are so authentic, so nice. And 
really politically too, it's, it's really not too bad, I should say. Um, but I think what's happening is people are just getting fed up and they're going to places like Florida and Texas and uh, they're, they're taking action. Whereas here, here in Iowa, we're too, we're too passive. Like, um, although I think the majority of us can align with being free and not being told that uh, we have to follow some shoddy science and wear a muzzle everywhere we go. I mean, that's, we're just passive with that. And we're like, yeah, I'd rather not, I'd rather not put up with it. No, that's, that's not what I believe. Like, I don't, I don't think passivity is okay because any sort of infringement on infringement, yeah, infringement on freedom is not, is not okay. And we're, they're not really necessarily, necessarily doing, doing that here. So that's just a slight, a slight difference in the kind of in the political sort of atmosphere, but um, yeah, that's, you're, you're right though. It is, it's pretty amazing to see that, that change going on down there. Uh-oh, did I lose you? Yeah. And let's hope. Yeah, no, I, I still have you. Okay. Sorry. Yep. You were froze up there. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, and I was just going to say, you know, it seems to be opening up the the game theoretical part of the right. the, the the states you know there's at least three now that you can name straight off the top of your head wyoming texas florida all, all kind of like pushing against what they see as overreach and certainly adopting bitcoin and attracting the, the the companies and the individuals that want to go and, and live and, and work there and, and raise their families like yourself. Right. So it's exciting right. times. I know. And the way the way that our that our system in the United States is set up is really genius because um, the individual states were meant to have more power than the federal government. It's it's definitely changed since then. But the federal government was really just supposed to provide a set of rules on how individual states were supposed to conduct business with one another economically, you know, freely pass goods over each other's borders. States aren't going to have armies. Um, you're just supposed to get along and, and work well together. And that's really what the, you know, it was just sort of an agreement between states. And we're seeing that play out today. We've seen it play out with actually a few political issues. So here in the United States, you saw it with sanctuary cities. You saw it with um, the legalization of marijuana. There are many states that openly defy the federal regu regulation that um, that marijuana is federally illegal. Um, I'm pretty sure you also saw it with um, same-sex marriage in a few states as well um, before that became federally legal. There ultimately the states, the individual states are exercising their greater power over the federal government as they should be. And, um, you know, this, the one thing that I will say that I'm a little scared about is I just don't know how the mainstream media is going to react to a lot of this. Obviously there is a lot, there's already a lot of negativity surrounding what's going on with a lot of these states, but I'm just, I don't know. I just, when you see states like this push back and you've also seen how uh, ridiculous and 
like just completely insensical some of the some of the news and some of the narratives can be i mean they'll stop at no ends to bring down people who dissent if i put that in quotes i should say people who have a different opinion or who just want to be left alone um so that you know that's where we have to speak up a little bit i think um so it'll be it's it, it'll be crazy to to uh to see how they're gonna how they're gonna push back because we know what's gonna happen, but we just kind of have to stick to our, you know, stick to our ideals and and keep telling people what's what's important to us. Keep stacking sets. Yeah. All right, man. Exactly. Yeah. If you had one orange pill, who would yeah. you give it to, and um, why? Yeah. So back to my back to my um, analogy with the nuclear fallout map if you imagine all of the all of these orange circles expanding across across the world the one nuclear pill that i want to drop is in is with one of my family members um he's done really well for for himself um started some successful businesses um very very smart investor just a super and very generous person he um he, but he's a traditional investor. He's not, he's not a boomer, but um, he, he kind of thinks sort of, you know, in that stereotypical way. So, and the reason for that is because he being in our community and having the impact that he has in our local institutions, the sooner that we can convince him, the, somebody who uh, the majority of our community knows and trusts that this is a good thing, the sooner that my whole community believes that this is a, that this is a good thing, you know. So the, you tr you get this local person that you trust, and suddenly my whole family believes that this is an important thing, and then their friends and family believe that it's an important thing. So you've already got it happening with the the really really smart people who are running corporations like Michael Saylor and uh, e and Elon Musk. So. So for my orange pill, I want it to be local. I want, I want to start with the boots on, boots on the ground. So, love it, man. Very, very cool. Yeah. Well, before we before we wrap this up, where can people come and find you? What's the best way to find you on Twitter and yeah. to go and find the website and reach out? Yeah. Um, okay. So the best way to find me on Twitter, I'm at um, hold Bitcoin, but at the the Twitter handle is hldbtc. And uh, just just shoot me a, a DM on there. Um, I'm looking for people to help me hone my vision. I'm looking for people to help market my uh, my message. In fact, I just reached out to. Sorry if I'm going over time, but I'm I'm <laughs> I'm going to steal it anyway. I just reached out to Untapped Growth, who was on uh, uh, yeah. Dallas's podcast. And Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, so awesome and. I was trying to communicate to him my message and I'm pretty long-winded, obviously. So he was like, no, you need to be more concise with your why. And he turned me on to Simon Sinek's book, Start With yeah. Why. And I need Brilliant help. Book. Right, it's so good. It's so good. I need help communicating that why to people because I want this to be a long-term. I'm not just trying to sell a bunch of T-shirts. I'm trying to sell a vision 
I'm trying to sell a feeling and, and a feeling of empowerment to people. So if you have expertise in that and you want to contribute to this space, we should, we should talk. Um, so reach out to me there. And then the website itself is holdbitcoin.org. So if you have people that are interested in Bitcoin or maybe people that you just want to start kind of shoving them a little bit closer to the rabbit hole, send them to the site. It's laid out in a way that people go there and we've got, there's three different steps you go through. The intrigue step, which is the ideal step. I think that's the hardest step to get to. Once you get them intrigued about it and an open mind, the rest is, is cake. So you got the intrigue step, which is content that I've all wrote. It's, it's all kind of broken down in as simple terms as I can put it, just so that you can get a clear picture of what Bitcoin is from a very beginner standpoint. And then we have an education section, which is currently under development, but I have curated um, some of the very first, I would call like gateway educational pieces uh, in the Bitcoin space. Some of my favorites, I put that on the education space, but we are working at developing and curating some more of that free content and organizing that in a really easy to see and understand way um, through what it's called a mind map, if you've ever seen one of those. But it, it sort of connects all of these ideas in a visual, in a really visual, easy to understand way. So that's currently under development. And then lastly, if you want to, uh, if you want to support us, the easiest way to do that is to just go and sport the logo. So buy a bumper sticker or buy a hoodie or, or whatever. Um, the store is not up yet, but if you follow us on, on Twitter, um, you're going to, you're going to see that, that link coming up soon. So. Love it, man. Simon Sinek. Have you, have you watched his Ted talk to start with? Why? Yes, that, that was yeah. the one. Yeah. That was the one that, uh, un, untapped. Joel, so yeah. 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 That's, um, man, that, that really does do a great job in, in honing your vision. So if anybody else is listening, uh, and thinking about, you know, writing or podcasting or YouTubing or whatever it is, go check out Simon Sinek, uh, S I N E K start with why and I, I hope simon's in the rabbit hole man because like, yeah, right. if he could uh, <laughs> you know start with why you know my god with bitcoin start with why god, mm -hmm. how many whys right it, oh man it, it touches so like, much exactly and that's what that's part of what i'm trying to do too is is be specific about the about the vision that i'm communicating because there are there are many many facets and things that bitcoin means uh, obviously at the, at the very top is going to be, um, a speculative asset, but you know, below that you've got the technology and the energy uses and, the uh, obviously the philosophy freedom. I mean, there are so many aspects to this, this one specific thing. So what is it that you are passionate about? What was the one specific thing that you are passionate about conveying to your audience about Bitcoin and get clear on that? So that's what, that's what I'm trying to do. And mm -hmm. uh, hopefully, hopefully that message comes across to at least somebody. So. Well, for, for me, when I kind of reverse engineered, what was it that I wanted uh, ultimately uh, yeah. to achieve was financial freedom. And, yeah. you know, if, if you come to that decision, and I'm sure many people want to achieve financial freedom, then there really right. is just one way. So if your why is financial freedom, then Bitcoin is your answer i mean i I've, right. I've done enough work now to say that confidently i'll put my reputation on the line right and you know 
and, and start a podcast about it. Um, yeah. It's that's for me that that's the, the why. Uh, so yeah. for listeners, huge. yeah, just huge. just ask yourselves and um, yeah, then, then go build something because we, we need more content. And, yeah, uh, just Caleb, do it. Yeah, right. Everybody's got everybody's got a different audience and a different group of people that they connect with. I mean, I've got a group of construction workers that I that I connect with. And so when I am developing some of the content that I'm that I'm making, I'm trying to convey it in a way that they can easily understand and in terms that are important, important to them, because I've mentioned it to people on job sites before, and they're certainly, certainly intrigued by it. You're gonna have to start using some carpentry analogies. Get get uh, I know, right? get, yeah. get niche. Like we were talking with Lauren, you got to go niche. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yep. So, all right, man. Well, uh, thanks so much again for taking the time to come on and uh, great rip as always. Uh, it's yeah, been great absolutely. to get to know you. Yeah, it, absolutely. It's been it's been awesome getting to do it again. Um, I, uh, I hope we get to do another show, uh, you know, another episode again. I re- and yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate so much of what you're doing because not only are you conveying something so important, um, but you've built an audience that is so willing to listen to people like me and giving myself and people, others like me a chance to speak to those people is is crucial because i i'm so excited from what's going to come of this for me and my organization um because you have to start somewhere right and building from the ground up is tough to do but you're really helping people skyrocket that by by giving us a chance to talk to you and talk to your audience so thank you for all that you do man it's a pleasure we're all plebs in this together Right, right. So yeah. Um, But yeah, I look forward to the next one. And I appreciate the time. So and thank you again, Lauren, too. So hey, guys, thank you so much for listening and tuning in today and getting to know Caleb a little bit better. Uh, I feel as though I know him pretty well. Now we had to do that, as you know, twice. Uh, But as always, this second time around would have been a much better quality conversation. No nerves on his side pure information you know completely open about all of his thoughts and and where this is heading and you know just to see a young man starting a young family with a brand new life ahead of him with this kind of safety net behind him well it's not kind of the safety net the ultimate safety net of knowing that you know his his wealth is being stored in in bitcoin so this is such a a great thing to see please go reach out follow at hldbtc on twitter and go check out his website holdbitcoin.org and commit to the cause if you can help or step up yourselves and uh, go create because this is what we need as we discussed i'll leave it there thank you everybody for listening again go check out the book choose life if you if you think it might add some value to you i would also like to say a big thank you to coinfloor.co.uk forward slash bitten and relay r-e-l ai.ch forward slash bitten and of course in the us swanbitcoin.com forward slash bitten thank you all of you guys for helping me out and uh, showing interest in my work and of course take control of those coins guys get them on a bitcoin o2 bitbox o2 bitcoin only hardware wallet shift crypto.ch forward slash bitten